Hello and welcome into the College Sports Hive. I'm your host, Leif Tuline, and, and I'm joined again by Mark Cundiff, Marky Futures on Twitter. And, and it's been a little bit since we've, we've chatted. We talked right before the college basketball tournament. We, we had uh, our two teams, Baylor and Gonzaga, both made, the, both made the championship, as you guys well know. But this year, we're going to be talking about who could make the championship again, who is going to represent well for their conferences, and just give you a look ahead. I mean, basketball is a while away, but people like Mark and myself are very very into it and, and love talking about basketball. And we wanted to give you some teams that you could place your bets on or, or just to look out for in the season. So thanks again for joining me and, and this uh, welcome back. No problem. I'm glad to be back on with you. Uh, I know we've had some really good conversations uh, over the last year or so. So yeah, looking forward to talking some basketball with you. Yeah, for sure. And I think I'm just going to start us off with, uh, with Gonzaga. They're, they're a, they're a tiny, a uh, tiny school in Spokane that is now a basketball powerhouse. They have now just landed the number one recruit in the country uh, in Chet Holmgren. Do you want to talk to me about what you think of one, how Gonzaga has transformed into this powerhouse now, both in terms of basketball and in terms of basketball recruiting and what you think of them entering this season? Well, what have they made? I think they've made, was it 20 straight NCAA tournaments now? Somewhere yeah, I think so. There. So, I mean, they've started off, I know you go back to when it was like a big thing for them just to get in the tournament. And, you know, they started getting better and better. They made some deep runs, but the last couple of years, their recruiting has really picked up and you're starting to see them with a mix of, you know, having some of those veteran guys and now they're starting to get, you know, five-star caliber players and like you just said they landed Chet Holmgren the top player in the country which you know I'm looking forward to them kind of continuing this now you know for who knows how long so yeah absolutely um I, I personally think they're a, like you know everyone's got the blue bloods of Duke and Carolina Kentucky Kansas you know um would you consider them a new blood or a blue blood? Like, you know, the Villanova, Virginia, Gonzaga is kind of that tweener mold. Would you consider Gonzaga now that they're winning the recruiting battles a blue blood? I look at them like that. Um, I almost feel like from like a national perspective, people are going to say, you know, until they can win one, they're, you know, because they still get that, you know, they haven't won it, which mm -hmm. I can kind of see both sides of it. Um, but I mean, I think they're recruiting as well as anyone. I mean, their program the last five years is right there. So, I mean, it's tough to say, I still may say new blood just because they haven't won it. But I mean, you can argue also that right now they're running maybe the best program in the country. So, yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. I'm kind of torn between it as well, but, um, let's talk real quick. We mentioned Chet Holmgren, but, um, I don't think we can expect them to be 31 and one this year. I mean, that's pretty hard to be, um, but I think they'll be excellent. And uh, I'll, I'll name a few players that I think will be in their rotation. Obviously we don't know if Drew Timmy, who was an all American uh, caliber player this past season is going to stay, but at the time, at, at the time of this podcast, he's still uh, enrolled it's in Spokane. Um, but they also have Hunter Salas, a top 10 point guard out of this, this class top 10 recruit overall, who is a point guard. Um, they got Rasir Bolton from, 
uh, Iowa State. They retain Andrew Nemhard, who was key to their run. Um, and then obviously they've got Chet Holmgren, and they have some talent that, that's still remaining on the bench. Um, and then as well as Anton Watson, who played uh, big minutes this year. And they're still they're still looking. Do you think this team is? Uh, I mean, I, I think we're, we all, we both think they'll be really good. But do you think that losing Kispert and Iai will have a huge difference, or is this team built to stay as a top tier thirty win team? I think they're built to stay. Um, I'm assuming Timmy is going to be back, mm-hmm. kind of like you mentioned. And just thinking about that kind of front line with him and Chet is pretty uh, pretty dangerous to have those two. Uh, Namhard, I think he already said he's coming back pretty yeah, much. Yeah, he, so he did. That's a, you know, a point guard who you kind of know what you're getting with Namhard, I feel like. So you have him, you have Salas, um, as you mentioned, Rasir Bolton, they're bringing in. I still feel like they're going to bring in one more um, kind of wing scorer type. The only thing I'm looking at with their team potentially is how good of a shooting team is this going to be? Because, I mean, I like what they have up front. The guards seem solid, but just thinking about what – Mark Few may do. I think he may add one more solid piece. Absolutely. So. I'm right there with you. I think it's hard to replace a guy who shot 44% from three and was a first-team All-American in Corey Kispert, um, but they certainly have the firepower to do so. And um, I, I know that they have Dominic Harris and Julian Strother and who could take big leaps. It's just we haven't seen it yet. But as it stands, I still think this is a top five team in the country. And this is where I'd start with, if I'm making rankings, this is probably the team I rank number one out of respect for their last year. And just knowing the track record of Mark few teams. Um, and I think that's a pretty safe bet. I'm sure the betting lines are, are not going to have them too far down the list, but I mean, it's a safe bet. I mean, this is, this is a powerhouse program. And I wanted to start with them because you know, they, they went 31 and one and nearly had an undefeated season until they ran into the buzzsaw that was Baylor. Um, so I think we're on the same page on that one. Uh, I, real quick, for those of you who haven't answered, do you want, uh, haven't heard of him? Have you, do you want to give a, a description of Chet Holmgren to those listening that don't really know him or know his game very well? Uh, seven foot one play can kind of play all over more of a, I think he'll probably play like in that four kind of that power forward spot, but Actually can handle the ball really well for a 7-1 kid. Um, has a really nice jump shot. Um, defensively, he's a really good shot blocker. So I think that would be defensively, like shot blocking, I would say is his biggest strength. And offensively, you can he's one of those guys I think you can put all over the court and he can make plays. Um, the one thing I would like to see with him over this spring and summer is put on a little bit of weight before college because he is very thin right now. But from a an athletic and talent standpoint, like with to go with his size is pretty off the charts. So yeah, he kind of does it all. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, you don't see a combination of size, speed, coordination um, like him. And, it, and we talked about last year, Jalen Suggs was new for Gonzaga and what elevated them. Uh, Chet Holmgren's unlike any other big you've had. You've had great bigs in DeMontis Sabonis, Brandon Clark, Rui Hachimura, um, just to name a few recently. But uh, Chet is – and Drew Timmy, obviously, Philip Petrusev. But, um, but Chet is unlike any of them. And I, I fully expect him to be the number one pick in the draft um, the following year. So 
moving on from Chet uh, at number one, want to want to talk about the Duke Blue Devils who have the who have a, the top recruiting class in my eyes. Um, this this team, it's not official yet, but they're also looking to get Patrick Baldwin. But this team is is you know they missed the tournament for the first time in a while. But Duke is loaded. They have they have a ridiculous team, and this is one team that is that Gonzaga is playing. That's a scheduled game, and that is probably the game I'm most looking forward to of the season already. Um, I've looked at the schedule; not everything's set, but Duke Gonzaga is. I, I've got to watch that, and all NBA scouts certainly will as well. Uh, what do you think of this Duke team um, on paper, at least? Well, right now I like them. If if they added <laughs> if they added Baldwin to this team, I like the talent would just be and the length on that team would be off the charts. So I like this team. Uh, they're still young. This is a young group. I'm not totally sold yet on their guards. Um, but Mark Williams, towards the end of the season last year, made huge strides. I really liked how he was playing. Um, Bonchero, who's coming in, the freshman, I mean – I don't think either of us would be surprised if he's an All-American um, player. Um, Griff, A.J. Griffin is also coming in, another pretty big-time recruit, I believe, is a five-star. Um, pretty strong kid, athletic. He does a lot of things, um, so I like him. And, like, Wendell Moore is back, I believe, right? And he's pretty versatile. I'm waiting for him to kind of take that next step. I think we've both been waiting for kind of that bigger jump from him. So I like Duke a lot. Um, but the one thing that kind of concerns me, as I said, is this is a younger group, not many veterans on this team. But if you add, um, if you add the other kid, they're going to be really tough. Baldwin. Yeah, I'm with you, and, and I'm pretty I'm pretty confident that they will add Baldwin. But as the roster stands, the, the kind of the projected lineup is is Jeremy Roach will be a sophomore who, you know, he had an up and down freshman season. He had some games where he scored about 15 points, and the next he'd have two. Um, that's not what you can expect from your point guard, your rock. And then they have Trevor Keels. Um, they also have Wendell Moore, as you said, um, AJ Griffin, Paolo Benchero, and Mark Williams. I know that is six players there, but you know, some computation of those guys. And then if you had Patrick Baldwin Jr. in there, you could put Patrick Baldwin Jr. at the two. He's 6'8", got a, a pure stroke. Um, you could play then A.J. Griffin at the three, Ben Chero at the four, and Williams at the five. I'd be, I'd be pretty confident if they were to have that lineup and then play Keels or Roach at the point guard, both uh, high school teammates, that they would never lose a rebounding battle. Like, I, I know that North Carolina rebounds exceptionally well on their rivals, but I, I just have a hard time seeing Mark Williams in his left final collegiate game against uh, Louisville had like 22 points and 19 rebounds. And now you had Banchero, who's like 6'11", 250, and, and just bigger than that in person. Um, this is a team that I agree their weakness right now, especially without Baldwin officially on the roster, is shooting and point guard play. But I think that they've got so much talent, it's almost like you can overlook that, even though I think the biggest determining factor of a team is how good their point guard is. I said all year Baylor was going to beat Gonzaga because they had better guards. Um, but this is a team that I'd almost feel like can can overcome, a, like ne not necessarily a bad guard. Like Jeremy Roach was a great recruit, top 20 recruit, and a very good player in his own right. It's just that I haven't seen him do uh, top-tier point guard stuff yet. But that said, you've got four All-Americans, like honestly six All-Americans surrounding him. And so this is, a, this is a team that I'm excited to watch and also frustrated 
that that they are able to get such a ridiculous recruiting class after I mean you want to reward winning correct and then and Duke misses the tournament and then they're able to get get this class so I'm very excited for Duke and Gonzaga I'm excited to see how this team pans out this is a this is a roster that could be what you see as the NBA all rookie team like that's how ridiculously stacked it is Uh, I'm and then the ACC is changing like Leonard Hamilton Tony Bennett have got some new teams Um, so I think Duke is probably my front runner for the ACC at this point as well yeah, I mean, talent, as far as talent goes, I think you would, it's hard to argue that they don't have the most talent in the ACC. Um, but I think every year we can probably say that with Duke's roster. <laughs> They're just, you know, a lot of five stars, a lot of talent. Um, and yeah, they they should be really good. But to touch back on your Baldwin um, prediction, that would be huge. And if they if you can bring him in, that lineup is ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, it, it reminds me of um, Zion, RJ, and Cam. Um, and, yeah. and I'm I'm not saying that all three of them will be at the same level, but I will say that I feel fairly confident that all three will be top ten picks. And that's yeah. what that's what um, the 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 2019 Blue Devils were able to do. And um, I mean, anytime you have that, you know you've got a loaded team, and especially because Mark Williams could be a lottery pick as well. So those are, those are two teams I think are probably the most talented teams in the country. I think that there's a lot of people have UCLA at the top. I, I mean, I like them. I like Mick Cronin. I picked them to win the Pac-12 last year. I was actually wrong. Mark, Mark was correct. He took Oregon. They won the Pac-12 regular season. Um, UCLA had a nice run. I don't think they're at quite on par, but I do want to ask you, is there any team outside of the – I want to talk about these two regardless due to talent. Is there any, any a team or two that you want to talk about um, that you think is, is really, really good on paper and, and you have – Uh, high hopes for yes I am really high on Alabama this year Um, and that is if um, Josh Primo comes back I know there he kind of has uh, I think maybe some late first round early to mid second round projections to be drafted but if he comes back I am really high on Alabama I mean I think about those three guards with Quirley Javon Quinterly, Josh Primo, and Shackelford. So those three to me would be a great uh, group of guards. And then they have a five-star point guard coming in, J.D. Davison, who adds to that. Um, Namari Burnett, a transfer, a former five-star player, uh, transfer from Texas Tech. I think, I think in this Alabama system, with getting a little more freedom, I think he's going to thrive a little more. I think his game is going to take off a little bit um, in this system. So having those guards, because as you always talk about how important guards are, I mean, and we see it every year in the tournament, but those guards, they picked up Noah Gurley, a transfer from Furman, I think was a pretty solid pickup. They just got Charles Bediaco, who's another, he reclassified, I believe, but five-star caliber big. Um, but yeah, I'm really high on Alabama um, heading into the season. Yeah. And I think, I think that's a really good pick as well. And Nate Oates is only trending upward. I think he's a guy, a lot of players will want to play for seeing the freedom and success that they were able to enjoy this season. Um, I have the top 10 ranked uh, recruiting classes and Alabama's in there with the seventh ranked recruiting class. And that doesn't even count, uh, account for transfers of Namari Burnett and Noah Gurley, as you mentioned. Um, if they're able to get Josh Primo back, I do think this is going to be a top top five, top seven team. 
um, and should be most of the year, but I think in the preseason poll, that is one team that I had highlighted as well. Um, is, are there any others that you, you have uh, high hopes for? Um, um, still pretty solid on Ohio State. I like their team. Um, mainly, I would start with the duo with EJ Liddell and Wayne Washington. I think they're like, I think Liddell's going to take another jump um, next season. So I like those two. And then you bring back Justice Suing. Um, I think Zed Key, who was a freshman last year, I think he's going to take a jump this year. Um, they added Jamari Wheeler, who I know going into the tournament, me and you were pretenders on Ohio State, mainly because defensively they were, you know, kind of weak defensively. But they bring in Jamari Wheeler, a point guard who's a transfer from Penn State, who's, you know, known as a really good on-ball defender. So you bring him in, Kyle Young announced he's coming back, and, you know, he's a solid, you know, rugged kind of big who rebounds and can finish around the basket but I like I like Ohio State's kind of a veteran team in today's standards um, they also bring in Malachi Branham who's a top 30 recruits um, for those of you listening who don't know he's from the same high school that LeBron James went to um, he's from St. Vincent St. Mary's so he's like a 6'5 six, 6'6 can play the two, can play the three, kind of like an athletic wing. I think he's going to help this year um, also. So, yeah, I like Ohio State. I just think they're solid. I know last year I believe they were a two-seed in the tournament and almost everyone's back, um, or, you know, 90% of their team is back. And I, I could see them improving a little bit. And I like, yeah, I like Ohio State. That's a really good one because I – like you, like you said, I was down on them because I thought that they overperformed throughout the season. Their defense was a little suspect, and I think you and I were proven right. Um, and obviously, that was a nice run by Oral Roberts. But um, I, I'd kind of for—I wouldn't say forgotten, but I think I'd, I'd put push them onto the back burner of like teams. I wanted to see who everyone was new, and like you said, continuity is huge. They they bring back a, a superstar tandem, and and that's what they are in the Big Ten this year. Like, the Big Ten is losing so many great players. Luca Garza, Ayodesumu, uh, Kofi Coburn, you know, all these players that um, are really excellent, like, and were standout individuals in an incredibly deep um, Big Ten conference. And now and now you retain a guy who was an All-American. I mean, all-conference, I should say. Um, so, and then obviously Dwayne Washington had a really rough end to the season, but he was also an all-conference contributor. So, I really like that pick. That is one I hadn't thought of. Uh, I'll, I'll give two that I, I think I'm not sure you'll agree with, but they just fit my style, stylistic preferences. One is Purdue. I love Matt Painter. I think that the, we talk about continuity and budding superstars. I think Purdue's got to be on the list. They're going to, assuming they bring back Travion Williams, uh, um, I still think they'll be good even if he does go to the NBA, but I assume he'll be back. They'll have everyone back from a year ago where they had about 50% of their production from freshmen. Um, they'll still have Travion Williams, Sasha Stefanovic, and the real star in my eyes is Jaden Ivey. Uh, Jaden Ivey, then they'll have Brandon Wheeler. Um, I, I really, I really enjoy this team. I think Matt Painter knows how to play with any roster. And then once you give a budding talent, that he, you saw what he did with Carson Edwards. I think um, Jaden Ivey could have a similar sophomore season and maybe junior season if he comes back, but I expect him to go to the draft um, as Carson Edwards did. Um, and, and you can maybe have a Travion Williams can kind of uh, follow the mold of the previous Purdue bigs, especially like Biggie Swanigan. Um, this is this is a, a team that I think is really good, and they also have a lot of guys who fit their roles uh, nicely. Like I really like Mason Gillis. I think he plays hard. He he stretches the floor. 
Um, he does very, very well. And they also brought in a really good recruiting class. They brought in the Mr. Indiana basketball, Caleb first, and they brought up the runner up from Indiana um, in uh, Trey, um, Trey Coughlin, or no, that's not right. Um, yeah, no, Trey Kaufman, not, uh, I said Coughlin, but it's Kaufman. It's, sorry about that. But no, that's a really, really good recruiting class, really good team. I like the continuity. I think they'll contend in the Big Ten. And then my next team is more because of their transfer portal moves, and they'll have a little bit of growing pains as the, as the whole regime has changed. This is Oklahoma. They brought in Porter Moser. I've been a, high, a very high in Porter, Porter Moser for a long time, before he was a household name. I really liked what they did at Loyola Chicago. Obviously, had Cameron Crutwig, but who, who better to, uh, to kind of play the Cameron Crutwig role than Jacob Groves? Or, I'm sorry, Tanner Groves. Who and he, um, Tanner Groves can stretch out. He can. For those of you who don't know, he's from Eastern Washington. Won the Big Sky Player of the Year. Scored 35 on Kansas in a loss in March Madness. Uh, probably had the most impressive individual performance of anyone um, in my in my eyes. And then they brought in Jordan Goldwire from Duke. They retained um, Elijah Harkless, Jalen Hill. Uh, they lost Brady Manick, but they also brought in Jacob Groves, his younger brother. Uh, they lost Davion Harmon to Oregon. But I think if they're able to get Austin Reeves back, this is a top, surefire top 10 team in my eyes. And even without him, I think they could be a top 10 team as they reach number seven in the rankings this season. And I think on paper, they're better. Um, so those are a couple teams that I like that I think not as many people are thinking about. What, what do you think about those teams? Um, yeah, I like both those choices. And if Austin Reeves is back, I, I agree with you. That takes Oklahoma to another level. Um, Purdue I like. I really like Jaden Ivey. That was a really good call on him. Um, he, uh, really good sized guard who kind of does everything. So yeah, I like him a lot. And one guy, I don't know if you mentioned on Purdue that I like is Zach Eady. I believe he's seven, four, a seven foot four freshman who, I mean, he got better throughout the season. Um, but Purdue had a really good freshman class. Um, Travion Williams, as you mentioned, is a really big-bodied, physical um, post player who's also a really good passer. So, yeah, Purdue was a good call. Um, a couple teams to go off your um, call of maybe outside of some teams' top ten is I like Virginia Tech heading into this season. Um, I think they bring back – most of their scoring, uh, Aluma, their big kid, is really good. He's potentially – I think he'll be back. Um, I think he entered uh, in the NBA draft, but, you know, he has a chance to come back, and I think he ultimately will. They also picked up Storm Murphy, who is a pretty solid transfer, uh, pretty exciting player that he, can, he really, can shoot it. He can really shoot, shoot it. Yeah. So, yeah, I like Virginia Tech heading into the season. And also, I also like Tennessee heading into the season. Um, I think this is going to be a, a better year for Tennessee. They've, added a, they've picked up a few guys as of late. Uh, Justin Powell from Auburn they picked up. Um, they just signed Brandon Huntley Hatfield, a kind of a five-star big who I believe reclassified. Um, and Kennedy Chandler is also coming in for Tennessee, the number one rated point guard out of high school in the country. And um, Fulkerson as well, their big kid, announced he is coming back for a fifth year. So I, I feel pretty good about this Tennessee team um, going into this, into this season as well. That's the team I like as well. And uh, we've talked about a few different SEC teams and I think I'll probably – I have a friend who's a diehard Kentucky fan, and I, I'm planning on doing an SEC preview with him, but I would like to 
if I could try to get your top, if you, this is gonna be a tough ask, but if you could prognosticate your top five in the S finishers in the SEC, um, and may, and uh, cause I'll try to do it as well. I, I don't know how well it's going to go because there's some really talented teams and there's some teams that that'll flame out as every year happens, but let's, let's try to give it a go. You know what? I think the SEC to me may be the most improved league in the country. I really, they have some teams that I think are really dangerous. I absolutely well, agree. As of, as of today. So I like Alabama um, at the top um, of the SEC. I, I like Tennessee kind of right behind them. I like Tennessee and Arkansas um, kind of right behind them. Arkansas, as you know, they, <laughs> they just plug in guys. They pick up guys in the transfer portal and they just find a way. Eric Musselman finds a way to make those guys fit. Um, but yeah, they have Devonte Davis coming back who I liked. They picked up Chris likes from Miami. Um, they picked up a kid from Pittsburgh. Who's a good player. So yeah, I would, I like Arkansas up there, Kentucky. I don't know if you heard, um, about an hour ago, picked up CJ Frederick from Iowa. So, you know, that's another shooter <laughs> kind of adding, and it's tough to do. It's kind of tough to do like Kentucky or Duke because I mean they can add guys at any minute and it wouldn't surprise you you know if me and you talked again in a couple of weeks and you know Marcus Carr suddenly appeared on one of these teams yeah no, so, if that happens we're not holding anything against yeah. us here because I agree if Marcus Carr shows up it's a different story so yeah I in no particular order, well, I would put – I have Alabama at the top, but then I would go, you know, Tennessee, Arkansas, maybe Kentucky four as of right now, and then Auburn I like um, five. I like – Auburn's kind of a sneaky team for me that I like, especially their front line, I think is going to surprise some people. Yeah, I actually have the exact same five. I, I have Arkansas over Tennessee, though. I have uh, I have Arkansas, I have uh, Alabama, Arkansas, Tennessee, Kentucky, Auburn, and I actually made a note. So I mentioned my two top teams that I thought like weren't as popular picks in Oklahoma and Purdue, but I also had Auburn as my like third little caveat one. Since we brought it up, I, I mean, I really like Wendell Green, a transfer guard. They've they, they've just picked up. Um, they they also got Desi Sills from Arkansas. Alan Flanagan came back, Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler. Um, that's it. That's an extremely talented roster that I think just needs time to coalesce. And if they're ready by, um, by conference play, this could, this team could actually win the sec. Uh, and, and that's a really big accomplishment because the sec is really good this year. These five teams, I fully expect to be all ranked within the top 15 at one point. Um, and, and maybe the same point. Um, so I, I think this is an Auburn team that Bruce Pearl is going to have ready to go. This kind of was like a, uh, mulligan year where where they were like well Sharif Cooper didn't get to play the full season we can't make the tournament anyway and now this is this is go time again and Auburn was building their program in the right direction um, they made the final four obviously and then they were doing they were one of the last undefeated teams in 2020 and obviously COVID took that away they kind of started to fall apart down the stretch but that said if you're if you're one of the last undefeated teams you're doing something right and I think Bruce Pearl's still on the right trajectory there. Yeah, I totally agree with you on Auburn. Um, I think they're probably one of the more undervalued teams. Um, just looking at, you know, different rankings and things like that. I think they're definitely undervalued. And like you said, I mean, they have multiple pros on this team, which not many teams can say. So 
yeah, this I, I like Auburn heading into the season. Yeah, and I think the SEC might be the best conference um, in America this year. We, a Big Ten was incredibly deep last year. The Big 12 was very top-heavy. I mean, so, yeah, the Big 12 had great depth and was pretty top-heavy in their own right. Um, what do you think of this year in the Big Ten? I, I know I know you're very familiar with a lot of a lot of teams up there. Uh, we, we talked about Ohio State and Purdue. Michigan brought in a great recruiting class. Um, what, what do you think? I'm not maybe not the top five, but who do you think the top three are in the, in the Big Ten? Uh, right now, I would have Ohio State one um, in mine. I have Purdue up there. And, I mean, Michigan, I like with just as far as talent, but they also – I'm not totally sold on Michigan right now. Um, and one of the reasons is they're probably going to start two freshmen, which are, you know, high-caliber recruits, but I'm totally not sold in – you know, they brought in a grad or they brought in a transfer point guard who is from Coastal Carolina who put up nice numbers. But, you know, sometimes you get guys who played at smaller colleges that come in that, you know, aren't what you expected. So I'm kind of in wait, wait and see mode with Michigan. Um, you know, Eli Brooks is back, who's a solid two guard. Um, and... Brandon Johns is back, who's, you know, a pretty solid four. But I'm just like, I'm in wait and see mode. Hunter Dickinson's going to be really good. I think we both already, we know that he's going to be a, a big-time post player. Um, but I've also seen the freshmen they have look really good and also kind of disappear at times in games. So I, I need to see it first with Michigan. Yeah, I'm with you there because I love what Caleb Houston brings to this team. I think he's very much of what Isaiah Livers did, but he's also a freshman and he's a young freshman because he could still be in high school. Um, he reclassified a year ago. So right now um, he's finishing up what his senior year of high school, but he should be a junior. Um, Caleb Houston's a big time recruit, but Isaiah Livers was a 22 year old man. Um, and I think that's a big difference, despite that I think Caleb Houston could be a top 10 pick. Um, you also are losing a presumptive top 10 pick in Franz Wagner, who was, who did a ton. So I'm in wait and see mode on Michigan as well. I think Ohio state uh, is a great, great point. I'd overthought them as I mentioned earlier. Um, I, like I said, I really like Purdue. I think Michigan very easily could be the third team. I think my favorite player in the big 10, I know you love this guy, Andre Curbelo. I think there's a chance Illinois will, re, uh, will be very good again. I'm not saying they will be a uh, number one seed, but I think they could finish high up. I think that Iowa will regress uh, without Gars, obviously, probably without Wee's camp. Um, they just lost CJ Frederick, as you mentioned. Um, but I think I think a lot of this is is very dependent on on recruits of who come in comes in. Michigan State will have a better year than they did last year, but I'm not ready to anoint them. So I think the top two I feel pretty good about. Um, and I think I if I had to pick right now, I'd probably take Michigan. Um, but I'm not, I'm not certain there either. So I'm, I'm kind of in the same mode as you are. And Illinois, I mean, I think Kofi Coburn, that's, that's one of the bigger probably decisions, you know, whether he's coming back because I don't think he's projected to actually be drafted. So if he's back that, you know, that kind of changes the outlook for Illinois because if he's not back, Omar Payne is probably your, starting center the transfer from florida and you know that's a that's a big difference in production between him and kofi coburn so you know as we're doing this right now in may there's 
a few decisions and a few guys that we're assuming are going to be back that'll, you know, enter in the draft and may not get drafted. And then there'll be a couple of surprises that we'll probably assume are going pro and we'll find a way back in college. So yeah, it's kind of fun to see what happens with all this. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll probably be back once, once things are settled and once the, maybe once the draft happens so we know for sure or once the uh, window closes for, for the, the kind of the players in limbo. It's always fun to prognosticate, though. And one thing, speaking of players that you, don't, you truly don't know if they're going to the draft or not, uh, one that we talked about Duke earlier, Trey Murphy of Virginia is a, is a player that I, I think could get a late first-round pick and, and be a very high – ceiling player he's he's a 50 40 90 threat um at virginia he shoots the ball very well he's six nine very athletic and he's a guy that i think would hold the keys to the acc i talked about how duke is the most talented team you could say that pretty much any year as you said but i mean i mentioned florida state but virginia brought in some great transfers armand franklin comes from a pack line he really defends well he shot 42 percent from three they retain kihei clark and reese beekman uh, they lose Jay Huff and Sam Hauser, but they bring in Jaden Gardner, a guy who scored 17 and eight um, through three seasons, basically at Eastern Carolina. He had a monster game against Houston who made the final four and Kelvin Sampson couldn't say enough good things about him and how he had a better motor than Houston, who was known for their offensive rebounding prowess. Um, and he, he, to me, he reminds me of Anthony Gill, um, which, which really excites me as a Virginia fan. But that said, let's talk a little bit about the ACC. Um, and, and I think we could agree that Duke will be a top three finisher. Um, we've talked about them. So do you want to talk about Florida State and, and maybe Virginia? You talked about Virginia Tech. What does what your top three look like in the ACC? As of right now, I may take Virginia Tech to win the ACC, surprisingly. Um, I have Duke at two. Um, and then that three and four, like I, Virginia and Florida State are, I think, pretty close. Florida State, though, is another team with, you know, we're wondering who's coming back. They are bringing in Caleb Mills, who I think is a big-time scorer from um, Houston. So I think he's going to be a really good addition. Um, but um, Balsa Kropovica, he's – sounds like he is – not coming back and that would be a big loss um i've also heard though like florida state's a team who can add because musa Cisse from memphis you know i the like what i'm hearing is he may end up at florida state and you know that's a shot blocker with some upside so florida state's a team that i think is going to make a few moves and couple draft decisions Raekwon Gray is a you know I think he's probably gone but you know if he's back that kind of changes Florida State a little bit too so Florida State's a team that's pretty intriguing because like we said you know some guys a couple guys can leave and they can bring a couple guys in so it's kind of a team to monitor yeah and, and real quick about Florida State I I'm actually really high on them this year because I thought that this past year's team was, was very solid. And with, when they put it together, they were, they were extremely good. Um, they will be losing Scotty Barnes. I, I anticipate that they're going to lose Raekwon Gray. I think Balsa Koprovica, it has announced he's gone. But one thing that I love about Florida State is their switchability and depth. And, and no matter who's playing, they'll be good. I think that they'll, they'll be able to keep uh, Anthony polite. I think Sardar Calhoun will stay. 
I think that Malik Osborne and Wyatt Wilkes will stay. So that, you know, that's four accomplished players. And then you bring in Caleb Mills, who's the preseason favorite for the all American, um, sort of the American conference player of the year. Um, they bring in Cameron Fletcher from Kentucky. And I actually, the, the player, I may be higher than most on this guy, but uh, Matthew Cleveland uh, became a, a five-star by some recruiting services for a very high four-star by others. Uh, he was other than like Chet and maybe Banchero. He was probably my favorite watch of any, any prospect I watched. Um, he, he just impressed me every time. I think he'll be a big time player in the ACC could sneak his way into a lottery pick. That's how high I am on, on him. And I think that um, they also bring in Jalen Worley, who was a top 25 recruit as well. And I think that the, having the scoring prowess uh, along with Leonard Hamilton's high pressure, good, great defense that you can just expect from Florida state. So I've actually got Florida state at the two um, or, or Virginia at the two. I think that's kind of interchangeable. I think Virginia tech is, is probably would round up my top four. So I think we've got the same, same four teams, a little different order. Is there any team in the ACC outside of those four that you see having a better year than anticipated? Because the ACC has been a li- little down recently since, since 2019, um, where you had three one seeds, they, they've, they've been down, which obviously you can't expect three one seeds, but the yeah. ACC is a basketball rich country. Um, not off the top of my head, like North Carolina, I, I'm just not feeling North Carolina as much this year. Um, you know, they bring their guards back, so they should have a solid backcourt. Um, Baycott, I believe, is coming back. He should be back at the five. Brady Manick, they're bringing in from Oklahoma, who I know you've seen play a lot, who's a really good shooter for kind of a stretch four man, but I feel like he's, you know, defensively, he uh, he's not as tough defensively, and I I'm surprised North Carolina has not gone after a wing, small forward, you know, guy in the transfer portal. I I mean, they've had Leaky Black now for four years, and I feel like the production is just not there. Kerwin Walton is kind of undersized. He's he's solid. But, you know, if they picked up a a nice wing player, I mean, I'd be a little higher on Carolina, but I'm just not there on them. How about you? I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of in wait and see mode because I do think they're going to start making some moves, whether it be re- through recruiting or um, or transfer portal recruiting. One thing, I mean, I, I'm sure you'd agree with this as you've watched a lot of college basketball. When Carolina's at their best, they've obviously got uh, a couple bigs. Usually they have four, they platoon. Um, what I love about Brady Manick is he reminds me of a Carolina, like he can be Luke May-esque. He can step out and and they have bigs under the basket, and he'll he'll hit some jump shots, make it the high-low, be very dangerous. But that said, they don't have the big depth. Like, I thought Walker Kessler was going to be the, the breakout star of the ACC if he should if he returned. Uh, we already mentioned he's he's at Auburn now. Um, but that said, what, what Carolina makes them the best is when they have a wing that runs the floor and pressures you to stop the ball early and can shoot. So two examples are Justin Jackson. Justin Jackson was great for Carolina. They won a championship. Another example when they were one seed was um, Cam Johnson, um, who's now on the Phoenix Suns. They haven't had a guy since Cam Johnson that can, that can fill that, and that's been very problematic. I think Kerwin Walton is their best hope, but like you said, he's not of the same size or athleticism of a Justin Jackson or a Cam Johnson. Uh, I'm very, I, like you said, I think they need a wing and I also think they need to improve their big depth because behind Armando Baycott and Brady Manick, they've got Justin McCoy, who I'm a big fan of, but they lost Daron Sharp, Walker Kessler and Garrison Brooks. And I don't think Justin McCoy and Brady Manick are of the same caliber of any of those three players. 
Um, so I'm on, I would say that I'd, I'd be lower on Carolina until they get someone or if they get someone. So I, I'm there with you as well. And I've got a, I've got a sneaky suspicion that, um, that Notre Dame will be better. Um, I think I'm not, I'm not willing to say that they're going to be the five seed just yet. I just think they'll be better. I saw some signs down the stretch. Nate Lazuski's back. Um, I, I liked, I liked what I saw from Prentice hub down the stretch of that season. Um, and I, I think they'll be better. And then Syracuse obviously had a really good run in the tournament. Um, and Louisville's a team that you can watch for, but Louisville lost a lot of players. They're, they're getting some in the transfer portal, but that's one I'm somewhat down on. So I think they're the four that we've talked about have distinguished themselves. So I'd probably pick Louisville at my five if I had to pick a fifth, but I'm not ready to anoint them as a, as a top caliber team in the ACC yet. Yeah, I totally agree. And just to go back on your um, Walker Kessler comment, I'm totally with you on that. I think he's, I think this year at Auburn, I know you said he was going to be probably your breakout star of the ACC. I think he's, he's going to have a big time year. So I totally agree with you on him. Um, I mean, just his, just his size and the way he can move and yeah, I think he's going to have a big time year. Yeah, I think I think he could be one of the most improved players in the country. And, and I said it about the ACC. I think he could be an all all SEC caliber player as well, even despite the talent there is there. Um, so we've talked about. Let's move. Let's go to the West Coast just for a bit here. Let's, let's talk about the Pac-12. Um, Dana Altman has the, the his his team's always looking good um, by tournament time. This is a team that's won the Pac-12 last year. Um, has a good roster, but it's, it's got a little transition. Um, and then UCLA is everyone's hot pick, but uh, I guess let's start with UCLA. Do, how much do you believe of the UCLA hype of it? Cause I really like Mick Cronin as a coach. However, I don't know if Jaime Hawkins and Johnny Juzang are back. And I think those were the main catalysts for their final four run. Um, yeah, I totally agree with you on that. If Ju like Juzang is, that's a huge decision. So if him and Jaime Hawkins are both gone, like, yeah, I'm not as hot. I mean, obviously, um, I wouldn't have UCLA winning the Pac-12. Um, if they can keep both of those guys, I mean, that's a lot of talent on one roster, especially, you know, in the Pac-12. I mean, so that's kind of like a wait and see with who's leaving. And, you know, I mean, they picked up Miles Johnson, which I like that addition from Rutgers. Um, they have a five-star wing coming in, Peyton Watson, who's, you know, athletic, pretty solid player. Tiger Campbell is back, who's you know, is just a steady, you know, point guard, smaller point guard, but doesn't turn the ball over a whole lot and really knows how to find guys. So the big thing with UCLA for me is if Juzang and Hakez are back. So yeah. we'll see kind of what happens with that. I agree. I think if, if one of the two comes back, I, I, I'd be willing to pick them. I think Peyton Watson's really, really good. Um, and, and if either of the two come back, but if both leave and you're asking Jules Bernard to step in and, and score 15 a game, I'm a little, little skeptical of the number one spot in the Pac-12. But I think they're certainly in trending in the right direction. They would be my pick as of now, assuming one of the two comes back. Um, you, you love Oregon. Do you want to give me a, a kind of a scouting report of the ducks, what to expect? Uh, or, or, or am I, am I wrong that you don't, you don't think they'll be as good this year? Um, well, as you know, they, add, they, they're another school that can add transfers 
um, out of nowhere. So I'm still waiting to see, but Will Richardson should be back, who, you know, seems like he's been in college for seven or eight years. But he, uh, you know, he was hurt. He was he was hurt most of the season last year. I think he'll have a really good year. Um, and Fali Dante, a player who I was high on, who was starting to play really well, he was hurt. He should be back. Um, they're bringing in a five-star kind of foreman, Nate Biddle, um, who's you know a really good shooter, gives them a lot of size. Um, you also mentioned earlier Davion Harmon from Oklahoma, who's a solid guard, streak, kind of streaky at times, but, you know, when he gets it going, he's pretty tough to stop. So he's a pretty good addition. Frank Kepning, they also had last year, who's another big body. So they, I mean, they have some, definitely some size. Um, really, I'm a little bit worried about their, I think they're going to add another guard. Um, but Eric Williams is back, and he's solid. I think they may add maybe two more transfers because they had a lot leave, and you know Chris Duarte was a big-time player that they lost. It's going to be tough to make up for that. Um, also, Amarui, he's likely gone, the transfer from Rutgers that came to Oregon. So I, I don't think Oregon is done adding pieces. So they're a team that right now I – would probably have at two or three in the Pac-12, but I'm kind of interested to see what they still add. Yeah, I think that I think that's a good way to put it because they they do rely a lot on transfers frequently. They they usually are very athletic. They incorporated a one-three-one press this past year. Uh, I even with the roster as it stands, and I do assume they will add more depth, even if not stars. I, I would take them as a top three out of trust for Dana Altman. I think that what he does in getting that team ready to play, especially in big games, um, is really impressive. And they always end up doing very well at the end of the season. Even if they don't end up one, I could see them very, very finishing very closely. So I'd take them in my top three. I think USC is losing too much talent in Evan Mobley and probably Isaiah Mobley as well. Um, and then – I mean, I am, I will admit, I'll be the first to admit I am horribly biased. I, I love Stanford basketball, but I really do think Stanford's heading the right direction. Jared Haas is a, is a very good coach. He's recruiting well. Um, they bring in Harrison Ingram, who's a five-star, and they also bring in a point guard, Nisail Silva, who is very crafty, uh, very good passer. Um, and then they retain a lot of players that got experience this past year because of all the hardships of the team. They had Zaire Williams miss a ton of games. They had Dejon Davis, who just transferred to Washington, unfortunately, uh, miss a lot of games. Um, they had Bryce Wills miss a lot of games. And, and if you think about that, that's their starting one through three. And they combined to miss over 35 games on a season. Um, that, that's hard to deal with. And in doing so, a lot of these players were able to step up and play very well in limited minutes. I, I feel like Michael O'Connell will be there to stay. He was very heady. He, he shot efficiently, didn't turn the ball over very much. You put him with Isaiah Silva, Harrison Ingram. It's young, but very talented. Bryce Wills, an, an incredible defender on the wing. Um, might, be the, might be the best wing defender that is still in college basketball because a lot of them are moving on. Um, and then Oscar De Silva, it's not official that he's gone, but I'm, like, I'm very, very sure he will be. Um, I think that what he did is paved a foundation for guys to who aren't the most athletic, 
Um, and he taught them how to use their bodies and, and score very skilled. So the most improved player in the Pac-12 last year um, by the award, and I, I agreed with it, was Jaden Delaire. Um, and that's another guy coming back. So the one through fours of Stanford is really good. I was really hoping that Miles Johnson would choose Stanford. Um, and he did not. But I do think Stanford's in good hands, even at the center position, um, where, where I just I, I believe that the track record of Jared Hass's development, they're just a year or two away. And I'm hoping this is the year. Um, so I'm not saying they'll be a top three, but I think that this is a top five finish and very well could be top three, especially if Harrison Ingram shows his five-star talent at, right away, which Zaire Williams had flashes of, but he got hurt. He went to two funerals with COVID protocol. He couldn't come back and practice, hurt his knee. Um, if he has a more straightforward year and shows five-star talent, I think he could carry a Stanford team that's got a lot of players around um, to a top five finish. Is there any other teams in the Pac-12 that you like? Um, not necessarily that I like. I just wanted to – can you give me a quick – your quick take on what your thoughts are with Utah kind of moving forward with all that's kind of gone on with them? Yeah, so that, that's a very interesting one. There's been a lot of transfers to and from, but I think Utah's heading in the right direction. I really love the Craig Smith hire. I, I talked about it on Twitter. I thought that was a very good – hire uh he's a winner and i love that they added raleigh wooster one of my one of my favorite underrated freshmen in the country uh, they brought in jenkins from unlv who can score the basketball and uh, they lost timmy allen but i i think timmy allen was forced to score more than he was a great score um and i i think that they'll be they'll be a solid team i really like brandon carlson i think rylan jones uh, had a tough year last year but due to injuries i think him and raleigh wooster are very heady players and I don't think that they will be a top five team in the Pac-12 per se, but I think this is a, a team that you don't want to play. I think that this will be a very solid team and by the end of the year um, could, could be a, a team pushing for the top five, probably five through seven in the Pac-12 eyes, and when will be better in years to come. So uh, I'm, I'm optimistic and I'll, I'll, as you know, I attend the university of Utah. So I will, I will be watching those games, paying close attention to those uh, to that team, to the program. And, and I do think they'll start recruiting. Well, there's a couple talented players in Utah that have not um, committed anywhere, both in this, this year's junior class and the senior class. And I'd be, I, I think Craig Smith and the Utes will, will round a few in and have this program heading in the right direction, which Utah thinks right now is a very basketball um, rich school, which is in the history they are, um, but it just hasn't been that way in a little while. And I think they're going to start heading back in that way and get more optimism about the program. Okay. Um, just to touch off your Utah basketball thing, I just popped, I just, uh, I just thought of this. How is, is Lone Peak's program still really good? Uh, Lone, Lone Peak, Lone Peak is good, but they're not what they were. They, they're, um, they're still one of the best teams in 6A, yeah. um, but they're not, they're not what they were in with, I mean, they had a team that, that was basically the BYU college basketball team yeah, for the next four years after. Um, so for those of you who don't know, that was that they won the national championship with uh, T.J. Hawes uh, and Jackson Emery, Eric Mika, Calvert, and um, Sh Talon Shumway, and, and Jake Toulson. So they had six players that played collegiate basketball. One of them actually decided to play football, but he had an offer in basketball as well. Um, th that is a, this is the best program in Utah. Wasatch Academy is now stealing a lot of the talent, though. Um, so, so now they're not getting all their best players and, and Wasatch is probably the best program in, in, in Utah now, but uh, Lone Peak is certainly still good. 
Yeah, I I just remember seeing them play. They were they had some nationally televised games, and man, they were fun to watch because they got up and down and they could shoot. And uh, I haven't heard too much in the last couple of years from them, so I was just wondering that. Yeah, they're not quite what they were, but they're still good, and and uh, they've got some players that I think will will be collegiate players soon as well. Okay. Um, I guess the last last one I wanted to talk to you about is we, you and I were both a little down on Villanova. You want to talk a little bit about the? Well, I guess there's the Big Twelve as well. Let's go to the Big Twelve and I, yeah, let's talk about the Big Twelve. And then I was just going to ask about Villanova, not necessarily the Big East because there's a lot of moving pieces. But let's talk about the Big Twelve and specifically Texas. What do you make of Texas? I like Texas. Um, I saw that Courtney Ramey just kind of guaranteed that he's coming back for sure, which I know me and you talked, we were kind of wondering, because I haven't really heard much that he was leaving or transferring or what, but it sounds like he's back. Um, Andrew Jones is back. And then there's some pieces with talent that I want to see how they fit. Like Devin Askew, a big time recruit out of high school that last year, you know, didn't have a very good year to be honest and but I mean it's a five-star recruit so when we know how Chris Beard is getting you know he can get the most out of his talent in most occasions so that's a big pickup Timmy Allen as you mentioned was another pickup Um, I believe they got Christian Bishop from Creighton so they have pieces they have pieces but I don't see a true center on that roster, which kind of concerns me. Like, I don't know if Sims is coming back or not. Um, I think they have, I think they have a good roster, but I'm not, I would say right now, I'm not as high on them as most people that I'm hearing are as of right now. I I agree. I think this is a team that could be really good, but um, they're going to need some learning under Chris Beard and then also learning how to play with one another because the only players that are going that seem to be the main rotation players are two that were at each other's throats for, for a couple couple periods last year in Ramey and Jones. So um, I'm curious to see if they have a true point guard in Devin Askew, who to me didn't strike me as a true point guard at Kentucky. He um, and, and there was some turmoil, so it's not it's never easy to uh, judge a guy, especially after a COVID shortened offseason as a freshman. But uh, Hill needs to grow, um, and Christian Bishop is a good undersized center. But when you think of Texas, you think of the great centers. And, and Jericho Sims, I wouldn't say was great, but he had a very good year last year. And so that's a team that I think has quite an identity shift. I also think that Timmy Allen, like I said, was forced to score and isn't necessarily the most pure score, but he certainly accomplished. Um, who is, who's your, your leader in the clubhouse in the Big 12 then? Who do you think is winning the Big 12? I actually still like Baylor. I like this. I think this Baylor team is kind of, I mean, for a team that just won a title, kind of flying under the radar for, I like some of the pieces they have coming back too. I mean, they, I feel like these pieces they have fit. So Flagler is likely back. I think he's back. Um, Matthew Meyer is going to take on a bigger, bigger role. I mean, I like his game as like a stretch four. So I like him. Um, LJ Cryer, I believe, is back. I mean, we haven't seen much from him. Um, JTT, I'll call him, so I don't butcher his name. Um, <laughs> he, 
He, I think he's going to have a really good year. Everyday John, if you want to call him. Um, I think he's going to have a big year. I think he's, he's going to improve a little offensively. Um, is Flo Thamba back too as well, I believe? I think Flo Thamba's coming back, but I'm not certain. So, I mean, he's, uh, you know, he's a big body. But Kendall Brown coming in, I really like. He's a kid I'm really high on. Um, out of Sunrise Christian, he's kind of a 6'8" wing very athletic really can jump i think he's going to be a really good defender at baylor um they're also bringing in langston love who is a, another five-star caliber guard out of Montverde um academy i think he'll come off the bench but i think he's going to be a good player and i know they just brought in james akinjo as a transfer who you know he hasn't played with this kind of talent yet in college so I like the pieces Baylor has. I, I really do. Um, I'm wondering what kind of jump Adam Flagler and Matthew Meyer take, because now it's kind of like this is almost their team. You know, there used to be in those guys that come off the bench and, you know, give a spark to Baylor. Now they're going to be looked on, you know, in bigger roles. But I like what Baylor has. I, I, I do. I like their pieces they have. I'm actually with you. I was I was a little surprised you took them as your team because that was I was going to be my big dramatic reveal as I, that's the team to beat for me as well. I've I've been Baylor through and through this entire year, and uh, I, I've said multiple times I thought Adam Flagler would be a uh, All Big Twelve caliber player, um, and I think he could even be a first team uh, type of player because he shoots well. He's super efficient. Obviously, that's with Davion Mitchell, Jared Butler, and Macy Teague providing a lot of the shots for him. But like you said, I really like Kendall Brown. I feel like he doesn't need the ball as a lot of five stars do, and he can play, uh, do so quietly. I mean, he can be a three and D guy who's got very high athletic upside. I love what Matthew Meyer will do. You know, he loves the ball in his hands. Um, JTT and, and Flo Thamba, um, they'll have expanded roles, especially JTT. I think I think he really his energy. You'll see him become uh, somewhat of like. I kind of will see his role being similar to what like Oscar Sheebways was at West Virginia, a, a very athletic um, dominant a rebounder inside um, and him and Thamba. I won't say they're as good as Culver and Sheebway as a, as a tandem, but I think they could play a, and dominate rebounds inside, be exceptional defensively. And I, I think LJ Cryer is going to be really solid as well. In limited minutes, he shot the ball above 40% from three as a freshman um, and then you talk about Langston Love, that's depth. I think Langston Love will probably come off the bench, um, but Baylor has a way of of getting good players to understand even red shirt and then say, you know what, we're gonna we're building championship culture and they just won their championship. I think they're, they're a team that I think will carry over and not have a championship hangover at all. Um, so yeah, that is, that is my favorite to win as well. I'm, I'm exceptionally curious about James Akinjo. I didn't I'm going to be honest, I didn't love that transfer. I, I think Akinjo um, has had two teams in Georgetown and Arizona that let him do his thing, but it didn't result to the best basketball. And I was surprised Baylor took him because I thought they were in good good hands with Cryer and Flagler in the backcourt. I think now it'll be Akinjo and Flagler um, starting. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping that you see more passing, and, and I, really, I really hope he doesn't um, – I don't want to say ruin the culture, but – I hope he fits into the culture of Baylor because what they were doing was pr providing great success. Um, so that is my team to beat in the big 12 as well. And I also, like I said, I think Oklahoma is my number two. I, I really like that team. Um, Oklahoma is probably my number two and number three would be Texas for me, but 
I'm very excited to watch the Big 12 because there's a lot of moving pieces, and that is a an underrated conference as a whole because last year they had seven teams that reached the top ten. Yeah, and just for everyone listening, I, I think you, Leaf, were probably higher on Baylor. I know everyone liked Baylor, but I think from the first month of the season all the way through the tournament, you were – I think one of the few people that even after the kind of COVID pause with Baylor, you, I think you had them winning it pretty much from the beginning of the season or that first month to the end of the season, which, you know, I think, I know a lot of people liked them and obviously, but, you know, Gonzaga was a team people liked. And then a lot of people jumped on Illinois, Michigan, you know, it kind of bounced around a little towards the end, but I, I have to give you credit on that with you really stuck with Baylor and you, said you know their guards are just too good and you, that was a really good call by you I, I appreciate that I, I saw them play uh twice early in the season and I I thought to myself man I I mean I remember it was December December 5th I think is when they were supposed to play um uh, against Gonzaga early in the year and I I was talked I remember talking to my dad the night before I was like I'm pretty sure Baylor's gonna win by 10 plus um, and, and the reason I thought that was I just saw their defensive pressure they put on Illinois guards who I saw Curbelo and I was extremely high on Curbelo. Um, and, and then I would assume it was an all American was an all American the year before. Um, he, he's a, I, I just thought that their guards were so much better and more experienced than any other guards in the country. And so I, I think that this year, this Baylor team's not going to be quite as good, but I, I had to stick with, stick with my guns, the guards win championships and then Baylor, was exceptional on defense. I know Ken Palm kind of gives them a bad rap because they're at like 25 on Ken Palm, but that was solely due to three games uh, where they went from second or third to 48th in the country, I believe, um, when they were recovering from COVID. So that COVID did give me a scare, but I think stubborn loyalty saved me with with that little bit of a scare. But I, I was very high on them through it through and through, and I'm, I'm happy I didn't I didn't switch because that would have that would have really annoyed me if I if I switched up and they did win. So. I'm happy with that, and I appreciate the shout out there. And I'm I'm an adopted Baylor fan now. I'm I'm now I, I just like the program, so I'm kind of well, kind of jumping ship. They had a few like the Illinois game. You're right. That was kind of right out of the gates. That was a huge performance. But for me, when they went into Texas and just they put they put on a show against Texas, and that game there was like because you know Texas had a really good group of guards and couple of NBA bigs and they yeah that game showed me a lot with Baylor when they went into Texas yeah I think I think one thing that they did very well is no matter who they're playing they had confidence in their group offensively and never like changed their game plan but then defensively they were able to one defend guards exceptionally well led by Davion Mitchell but also when the teams were spearheaded by bigs they were able to use their athleticism and, and just like off-ball principles to really stifle yeah. teams so um Props to Baylor again. I, I, I think we, we were all very impressed by them. And I think this team really would have gone undefeated had there not been COVID. Um, they had two losses, one to Kansas and one to Oklahoma State, which were both very good teams. Um, but I just I think when you saw them healthy, you could see that they were healthy. There was a different team. Um, and I guess my last question is, as a former championship, uh, a team that's won two championships in, in recent years in Villanova, I was down on them from the start of last year because I saw they lost Sadiq Bay and they basically had the same team as the year before. Um, this year's team, I don't think, brings in the talent that Bay, uh, that, that Villanova has become accustomed to. 
Um, do you think this team is, you know, Jay Wright's an exceptional coach. They, they bring back Colin Gillespie. But uh, I'm, I'm a little down on Villanova, and it's hard to say that because they play beautiful basketball. But it's just I don't know if their roster is as talented as their ones that they became accustomed to. You, you are probably the first person as far as ranking goes and just the talk of Villanova besides me on your thoughts about this team because I'm seeing Villanova preseason being ranked number one being ranked number two, and I just don't see it. I'm going to be honest. And that's one of the reasons I don't like looking at preseason rankings as much because I feel like the general like thing, when you get, you know, ESPN and, you know, all these columnists and they're putting out their top 25, I almost feel like they're the same list. You might have a couple teams, you know, bumped down a spot or two, but I don't see it with Villanova right now. Gillespie's coming off a, a pretty big injury. Um, Justin Moore, I think he can make a jump. I like his game. But after that, I mean, Samuels is back. I kind of think he is what he is. Um, Caleb Daniels, he's solid. And then you lose Robinson Earl. And as of right now, replace him maybe with Eric Dixon. So... I mean, going into the – when me and you talked last year go, before the tournament started and assuming Colin Gillespie was healthy when we talked, we were pretenders on Villanova with a healthy Gillespie and with Robinson Earl. So with this team, with the same roster, but you take off Robinson Earl and you – Cole Swider, one of your better bench players, is, has transferred – I don't really see it with Villanova being that highly ranked. And it's not like they're bringing in, you know, some big time transfers or a great recruiting class right now. So I'm with you on Villanova. I, I mean, they have a solid team. They probably have a good chance to win the big East, the big picture for me. I, I'm not totally sold on Villanova um, right now. So. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. I I really I do like their one through three. I think Justin Moore will have a leap. I think Brian Antoine is a talented player that, you know, could could provide some some good moments for for, for Villanova. But I just I just don't see it. I, I mean, if you think about the teams that they won with, and I'm not saying that this is a national championship team, but to be a contender, you don't have to win the national championship. Obviously, Gonzaga certainly was a contender, didn't win the championship. Um, I just think that they had better guard play anyway. Like they had Jalen Brunson, Phil Booth, and um, and and Josh Hart for many of those years. Um, they had they had Mikael Bridges, of course, and obviously they had Dante DiVincenzo and that juggernaut of a team. Um, but but I just think that this team is less accomplished, and they're also their best player is Gillespie, and I love Colin Gillespie. But he just he just tore his MCL. Like you, you don't know exactly what he's going to be coming back. He can't shoulder the same load. And I would say that even last year, Gillespie was their most important player, but their best player last year was Jeremiah Robinson Earl. Um, so um, this is this is a team I'm down on in the national scheme. I, I think their best recruit coming in is uh, Jordan Longino, I, I, I believe. Um, good player. Um, they brought in Angelo Brizzi as well, I believe. Um, but another good player, I just don't think either of them are immediate difference makers. And um, this is a team that I kind of have in my like 10 to 20 range. Um, it, 
I haven't really made a poll. I don't, I like yourself. I don't, I don't look at many preseason rankings. I just kind of think about the teams that I like and, and I kind of track them as the year goes along. I'm in, and based off expectations that have been built for a team in Villanova, that's a, a new blood, blue blood, as we talked about as the, at the open, um, this is a team I'm down on. Uh, I'd say they're kind of 10 through 20, maybe even 15 through 25 on my, my initial uh, just made up rankings in my head. So uh, I think we agree on most of this stuff, but uh uh, it'll be it'll be interesting to see the teams uh, teams like Villanova who lose a lot and see how they rebound even with great coaches. Yeah, and that with that being said, as we mentioned before, I mean Jay Wright's arguably you know top maybe the top coach in the country. So it's not like I'm down on the program or him. I I just don't see it with this roster. I don't think they're overly athletic. Once again, I mean they have the same roster, but they're losing Robinson Earl. Um, and I don't think this team is great defensively. So I need to see it from Villanova because I'm just not there right now. Um, a couple teams that I'll throw out there real quick from the Big East, like I think St. John's has a chance to be like a pretty surprising, solid team. That, that's um, a good one. That is a really yeah. good one. I like them a lot. So I, I, I kind of like what they're building over there. And I think Seton Hall has some interesting – pieces coming in. I know they're bringing in, I think, three transfers. So I'm kind of interested to see what they do. Um, Marquette, I think DJ Carton announced he's going pro for sure, which is kind of a big hit for for them. Creighton, is Zagorowski gone, I believe? I think Zagorowski's gone and, and then so, Bishop transferred as well. Yeah, so the Big East as a whole, I, I'm, I'm not quite sure right now. I I need to see a little more from what's going on with, you know, who's coming back and what these rosters look like. But, you know, Villanova will be really good in the Big East. I, I agree. I think I think they're my favorite to win the Big East, but I don't love them as a whole. Um, while I was looking at the recruiting class, and uh, I just wanted to make sure I was right, I wasn't missing anyone. So they do bring in Jordan Longino, who's who's from uh, who's the number forty eight player in the country according to two four seven sports, and they brought in Anana and Joku, a center who could uh, compete with uh, Eric Dixon. And then they brought in Angela Brizzy. Um, so I got most of them there. One team that caught my eye while I was looking through the rankings, as you were talking was Maryland. We didn't talk about them in the big 10. They did a very good job in the transfer portal. Uh, we didn't mention them. There's a lot of moving pieces. I just wanted to get your read on it before we, before we wrapped it up. So uh, this is one that I kind of forgot about when we were talking big 10, I think they can to be a top five team in the big 10. Um, yeah, I actually forgot about Maryland too. Um, They're three kind of core guys. I'm wondering, like, I've been kind of waiting for them to take a jump, and I feel like they haven't made a big enough jump. Like, Wiggins came out of high school as, I believe, a borderline five-star. And, I mean, he's a good player, but I feel like he hasn't taken that that jump. Say, Eric Ayala had a solid year. You know, he's a good player. Um, who else? Um more cells in the transfer portal. Um, more cells is the, is the third one. Um, Dante Scott is back. He's a, you know, tough, solid four man. Um, so they have those three back. I know they brought in Wahab from Georgetown, who I like a lot. I think that was a really nice addition for a big kid. Um, Fats Russell, they have also coming in. But I'm not sold on Fats Russell in the Big Ten. Um, 
I mean, he's a talented kid, but I believe, you know, he shot in the 30s field goal wise. I think 20 something percent from three, you know, at Rhode Island in the A-10. So, I mean, he's going to face better competition in the Big Ten than where he was at Rhode Island. But so that kind of, I wasn't as big on the Fats Russell addition, even though he's a, you know, he's a talented kid. I like him, but kind of streaky with, with that. I believe they also picked up Ian Martinez from Utah, who I wouldn't be surprised halfway through the year if he may be their starting point guard, because you know a little more on him than me. Uh, what are your thoughts on him going there? Yeah, I was actually just on two, Maryland's 247 page and, and just trying to to read up on him and they were, they didn't have Martinez on there. And I was like, man, I must be making this up. So I'm glad you, you re reaffirmed that he's there. I, I actually really, really like that, that fit. I think Eric Ayala will be their kind of ball dominant guard. Um, so if you were to put Eric Ayala, Wiggins, Martinez, Russell as a backcourt, just four, I'm not saying they all play at the same time. Um, that's one of the best in the country. Um, I, I've talked about, I'm a big guards guy. I don't think this is, the, of the, this will be the best, but I think that's a top 10 backcourt in the country as a whole. And then I think Wahab's a really big addition because what they lacked last year and made up for with defensive ball pressure, um, they're able to get in Kudus Wahab in terms of having a big guy. Um, and I think Dante Scott uh, developed into a stretch four um, out of necessity and now really fits. So I, I actually like this team. I, I think they'll be a top four or five finisher in the Big Ten. I'm talking myself into it. I, I didn't love the Fats Russell pickup, but I do love the Martinez one. So, like you said, I think by the end of the year, it'll be Ayala, um, Martinez, Wiggins, Scott, and Wahab. And I, and I, I really do like that, um, that starting five. And I think that Fats Russell off the bench could be a really good sixth man. Um, he just carried a huge load. And if you, if you lessen the load, he could be the Big Ten sixth man, player, sixth man of the year, such, a, a, such as Aaron Wiggins was. Uh, two years ago. Uh, so I, I think this is a team that'll be compete and I'll, I'll have my eye on early to try to get a good grasp because that's a team. Uh, I talk about a lot of teams with a lot of good guards usually do well. And especially if you've got a big guy in Wahab, who is just a rebounding machine and, and doesn't need the ball to be, uh, to be a big presence. And, and that's what they lacked last year. And I think Mark Turgeon um, is an underrated coach nationally. Yeah, you kind of sold me a little bit just now on Maryland because, and I actually, I mean, I would have them top five in the Big Ten for sure. But um, yeah, I kind of go back and forth because I've been pretty high on Maryland the last couple of years, and you know, I mean, they're returning a lot. But yeah, they, I mean, they they should have a solid team, a veteran team, you know, too, which we see is pretty big. A quick team, I'm going to throw at you. What are your thoughts on Houston? heading into the year? That's a tough one because I think they're going to lose Quentin Grimes. I, I, they obviously didn't have Mills. So they just made the final four. I, do you know if Dijon Giroux is coming back? That one. I don't think one, he's coming back. I'm a little lower on them. Um, obviously, after a final four run, a lot of people raise their expectations. Um, I'm a little lower because I think he was kind of the heartbeat of their team. Uh, I think that they'll be a solid team. I love Kelvin Sampson. I, I ranked him pretty highly on my coach's poll. Uh, for those of you that listen to that, I, I think this team will be among the best teams in the American. I just don't think they'll be as a uh, top 20 team. I think, 
I'm, I'll say a top 15 team. I think I can see them between 15 and 25. I just don't see them in cracking the top 15 with without Jerome and Grimes. But I, I think that they have built a culture there that where they still could succeed. I'm just I'm tempering my expectations a little bit just because they had such a good year and then they lose their best two players as well as a guy in Jerome who just inspires so many players with his effort and leadership as a senior. So. I'm a little lower. What do you think about them? Yeah, I'm kind of in like a wait and see with them because Marcus Sasser's back, who I think, you know, he'll take on a bigger role. I think um, he'll have a good year. Tremont Mark, as a freshman, had a pretty solid year. I think he'll be good. And, you know, they picked up Kyler Edwards from Texas Tech. Who oh, that's true. I forgot about pretty that. Nice. You know what I mean? Especially mm-hmm. in that conference, a pretty solid pickup. Uh, Fabian White's back. And, you know, also they picked up Josh Carlton from UConn, which is, you know, another big body, which Houston seems to always have big bodies that can rebound. Uh, so, I think they get bring back Gorham, too. Uh, uh, yeah. So they're just kind of, yeah, I'm with you, kind of a wait-and-see type of team. That's a team I wouldn't want to play. I'll put it that way. It's a, that's a team I don't want to play, but I'm not willing to – Say I'm fully in yeah. on them. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I, I I, think we see the game pretty similarly. We had a lot of the same ones. Uh, I think we'll we'll be back soon with uh, once a lot of these transfers shake up. Um, I'm really excited to see where Marcus Carr goes. Like you said, if that goes to Kentucky, we'll have to revisit um, the SEC. Um, and I think I think the college basketball offseason, for, for what I don't love about the transfer portal – it is very entertaining. It gives it gives me extra extra stuff to watch uh, on Twitter and and be caught up with. It gives us some stuff to look at roster wise and and prognosticate. But uh, but I will say uh, the transfer portal is interesting. And and so far at least I don't despise it. Um, that said, once the transfer portal kind of comes to a close and all the players have, to have their locations, I'm sure Mark and I will be back discussing it. And as always, uh, thank you for thank you for joining me on on the college sports side. It's been it's been a pleasure and I'm, I'm hoping we do a good job because in our last two in our last two predictions we've been pretty accurate so uh, if you guys are looking for for uh, futures bets this, this is the guy marky futures right here he, he knows what he's talking about uh thanks a lot lee yeah it's always awesome joining you talking hoops uh hopefully we can do this again pretty soon um i know there's still a couple big decisions coming up so possibly after that we can get back to another one yeah, for sure. And I, pre- I always appreciate your insight. And uh, he was high on Houston. Not not everyone was. So if, if you're looking for, looking for people that, that know know the roster inside and out and got it, this, this is a guy to follow uh, on Twitter and, and, and talk, converse with basketball. And I, I've really, it's really helped my, uh, it's given me someone to discuss a lot of sports with and we'll, we'll have him back soon. So that's another episode of the College Sports Hive. And thank you for joining us again. And uh, hopefully you guys will stay tuned for another episode um, SEC preview coming up with Chase Peterson in, in the next week.